Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Unless you live alone on an island, you have a relationship with someone. It may be a family member, it may be a friend, co-worker, neighbor, or just someone that you meet casually. Today we're going to continue our series on relationships. We're talking about a marriage relationship. We're talking about sexual abuse among family members between a brother and a sister that we'll see in Scripture. We'll also look into adultery and sexual immorality as well. All of these happen in the realm of relationships. So get your Bible, lean forward, and enjoy these messages on family relationship. Hopefully, you will find them a blessing in your life. God has a perspective on that, so join us as we take a walk in the light of God's Word. One of the most beloved and talked about characters of the Bible is David. His name is mentioned over 1,000 times in the Scriptures. One of the most quoted passages from the Bible was written by David. Even those who are unbelievers know this sentence. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When we first meet David, he is the unsuspecting recipient of the anointing of God to be the king of Israel and to minister and to minister with music. In 1 Samuel, you don't have to turn there, but in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we are told, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. We're also told in that same chapter, so Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. Then we're drawn to another familiar story of David, and it is one of the most heroic and popular stories in the Bible. It's also in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So David triumphed over the Philistine, that's Goliath, with a sling and a stone, and without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him and he took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. This is David. This is the one we know. This is the one we love. This is the one we talk about. This is the one who the stories have been passed on from generation to generation. David was loved and popular among the people. He had no problem getting a wife. He had several. Michael, the daughter of Saul, was his wife. Abigail, the widow of Nabal, was his wife. Ahinoam, the mother of Amnon, was his wife. Mekah, 
the mother of Absalom, was his wife. Hagith was his wife. Abital was his wife. Egla was his wife. And that's just the one they named and called out. Not only did he have some wives, he had some concubines. This is the David that we find in the passage that we're going to look at today. On the roof of his residence, in the cool of the day as the sun makes his way toward the horizon. 2 Samuel chapter 11 begins this way. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Raboth. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? This scripture sets the scene for us that tells us it was springtime. It was also the time that kings would go out to war. David is the king, but he is not doing what kings would customarily do at this time of year. Kings go to war. War was going on as he sent out Joab, his general, and the entire, the Bible said, the whole Israelite army was gone, everybody except David. But David remained in Jerusalem. And I want to just give you a point to ponder right here. When you're not taking care of your business and fulfilling your assignment, quite often you're going to find yourself going in a direction that's going to get you off course. The scripture says one evening David got up from his bed. He is not at war as he should have been. He's napping in the afternoon. David says, I think I'll take a nap. He got up and he went out on the roof of his palace and he started walking around. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. He saw a woman bathing while he was walking around on the roof. As I looked at this passage, I decided I'd walk around on the roof with David and see what David saw. He got up and it's the cool of the evening. I'm going to go outside and Enjoy some of the breeze. And as he's looking over the city, you know, the king, if you have a palace, it's going to be at a place where you got a good view. And you're looking out over the city and, and you're looking out over the houses and the structures that are around you. And yours is higher than anybody, so you're looking down on everybody. And as his eyes just go around and take the panoramic view, he zeroed in on a woman 
that was bathing. Now, the eye is the most common inlet for temptation. You can ask Eve, the Bible says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. And David, at this time, had forgotten one of his prayers where said, turn my eyes away from beholding vanity. Job made a covenant with his eyes. I'm not going to look at things that I shouldn't be looking at. The Bible also tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. Now, how is it that the man after God's own heart end up going down the path of adultery and then murder? It's not likely that David woke up from his couch where he was sleeping and decided, I'm going to go out and find me somebody to hook up with. He didn't wake up with that. He woke up and decided he's just going to walk around on his rooftop. What did he see? He didn't just see a woman. See, there are some women, if you see them taking a bath, you're just going to turn around and go back in the house. Well, praise God. Let me go on back over here, look out the other side, see what's going on over there, look at the traffic. There are some that is going to make you decide that you better, you better put your armor on and go to war. Well, I might as well go on the war if that's what I got to look at. So what did he see and how did he see it? But the Bible says she was not only a beautiful woman, she was a very beautiful woman. Now, how did he know that she was a very beautiful woman? He looked at her long enough to make that assessment. She's fine. Mm. Mm. So I, I believe he stopped walking. He went from walking on the roof to staring and standing. Her movements, the shadows, the light, the ambient sound ignited something in him. The longer he looked, there rose up in him a longing and a lusting. Now, he's not doing any strategic planning for war. Now he's strategically planning and turning his attention toward this woman who's in the tub. Let me say this here. Women, just because you're going about your normal daily activities doesn't mean somebody isn't staring and planning, studying and looking. More often than not, that man had no thoughts of ill intentions about you until he saw what you were wearing or what you weren't wearing. What is it that made him stop and take a look at you? And what you're wearing or the lack of what you're wearing will often ignite something in a person, in a man, even when he had no intentions of that being ignited. And as I thought about that, I said, oh, yeah, my, the light came on. I said, I see why we make people wear choir robes. 
Because all the choir members don't know how to dress. And the man is trying to worship. And they'll tell me sometimes, Pastor, you need to say something to them, them people up there because I'm trying to worship. But I'm like David on the rooftop. I came to worship and I found myself watching. Is, where's the choir sit? I'm going to look over here. <laughs> That's just a matter of fact. You didn't come to church to do that, but I'm sure Bathsheba didn't say, I'm going to go out right now and I'm going to take a bath outside so I can see what can happen. She didn't have a bathtub inside. So for David, that was the unexpected, sudden urge driven by lust. Then there was the power and opportunity for its gratification. Then there was the entertainment of the fantasy which forms images and expectations. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thanks once again for joining us for this broadcast. We've been sharing with you messages on relationships, and I want you to continue to join us as we talk about marriage relationships, we talk about single relationships, we talk about, we're talking about inappropriate sexual abuse between a sister and a brother. We're talking about adultery and sexual immorality. All of these has to do with relationships. I want you to know that God is interested in our relationships and how we live and how we represent Him in everything we do. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World daily with jerry g martin again that's the light of the world daily with jerry g martin and you can listen to these messages or previous messages that we have aired on this broadcast and i also invite you to go to our website at lowcf.org again that's lowcf.org and then join us in person on Sundays. God is moving in a significant way. Pastor Jackie is bringing the word of God. And so join us at 10 o'clock Sunday mornings at 16161 Old Humble Road. And don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore. You may need communion supplies, Bibles, or study resources, or anointing oil. Come and see us at the Beacon. It's right here on our campus. Call the Beacon now at 281 281- 441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.